0: This is the Changing the Game podcast, where we share with you the stories of those who are changing the games for themselves, for their communities, and for the industries where they work, through education, diversity, and innovation. Join us in every episode as we take a deep dive into the fascinating journeys of those ordinary people who are doing the extraordinary, from visionaries to operators, and everything in between. Changing the Game is proudly powered by Vichy Ventures, the venture partners of our corporate clients, VCs and CVCs, connecting industry to innovation ecosystems. Together, we will nurture 1 billion seeds. Get ready to be inspired! Welcome, everyone. We're here today for another episode of Changing the Game. So we're here today with something, some, someone very special, so Steve Baxter. He doesn't need too much of introduction, so I'll, I'll try to make a different take today for us to get to know things that we never heard about him. Well, let's see how he goes. Steve Baxter is known uh, publicly as the Shark Tank programs, so a little bit of uh, kind of celebrity stint on that, but uh, let's let's take a look at that story See see where we go. Steve. It's a privilege to have you. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation.
1: No, thanks, Wilson. It's, uh, it's all good. It, 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 fitful, that tonight is the first night that Shark Tank returns, Season 5 in Australia.
0: Here we go. Yeah, not that we're on it.
1: They, they fired all five of us and got five new sharks, which is fair. It's their show. They can do that. Um, I hope it works well because it's a great format, so I hope you find some success. But, uh, Absolutely. That's pretty just realised that, but I've got a dinner tonight, so I'll...
0: Now rec- we go. You don't
1: record things nowadays, do you? You just put them later. You just YouTube it or something.
0: I think so. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Template or something, whatever it is. Sorry, yeah. I've been you. Here
0: Sorry. we go. I'll take a look on that as well. So mm. let's see how the new sharks go, I yeah. guess. So Steve, normally we start this uh, maybe inviting the guests to go as early in their stories to share, you know, things we don't know. So how uh, we know that you were a very early entrepreneur, uh, school drop part, if, mm. I say, if I read it right. Mm. What was Steve like at that sort of point in time, and, and what are you motivated to do? What do you got he did?
1: Yeah, look, um, so uh, Queenslander. I was born in a place called Cloncurry,
0: which is at near Mount Isa, so uh, northwest
1: Queensland. Um, my, my father was in the railway, so we, he tended to move around for the, for the next best job, um, which is great. with lots of small country towns, uh, Emerald and central Queensland, home of the world's best thermal coal, as I like to say, um, and then Rockhampton in central Queensland as well. So uh, 15 years old. Uh, I, I was in school quite young, so I was, a, I was grade. I was one in grade four, just sort of quite young. Um, Queensland didn't have prep until the last five years, so. Okay. Um, uh, and you know, the, 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 it was in grade 11 at a high school and didn't do very well. as a bit just a, just a young, stupid kid growing up, basically just making trouble, getting into fights, and carrying on, to be honest, and failing things left, right, and centre. And the army, uh, luckily, I suppose, took me um, as an apprentice, as electronics apprentice. And um, that's
0: that's what you did. You left school to go to army. Yeah, the army. Yeah, so.
1: fifteen years old, January, January fifteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Mm. Um, and um, signed a nine-year contract. as a fifteen-year-old. That's probably worse than recruiting fifteen-year-olds and make them sign nine-year contracts. But anyway, um, and uh, did a three-year apprenticeship in uh, mm. all River Dong- or Madonga in just northern Victoria. Um, which is good. Uh, and then moved uh, to Brisbane, but posted to Brisbane. For three did three years in Brisbane, and then posted Adelaide for three years, uh, almost three years, and that's where I got out. And I, I worked on um, everything from you know, we did tank fire control to uh, surface missile systems to medical and dental equipment. I was a radiation safety officer, you know, sort of industrial radiation, quite, quite you know, medical and dental, sort of boring. Well, you know, just, just mundane radiation. If radiation's ever mundane. And then when I was in, I uh, used to go away a lot on exercise, and that was quite boring. You couldn't take enough books to read, to be honest. Mm. And so I enrolled in part time university and started doing computing. And there was a, an obscure topic called Unix. And I downloaded the very early version of the Linux operating system, probably been going up for about six or eight months at that point in time. And um, worked out that you could plug some modems in the back of a Linux computer and, and become a dial up ISP. And then, I thought well, that sounds easy, as
0: every good entrepreneur. Starts to think that well that sounds easy, you know, never as easy as, as it looks. Did you think that there was anything about computing or, or that that attracted you at that at that age? Yeah, look, I
1: enjoyed computing, but well, we did a little bit of computing on my um, in my apprenticeship, but we are all very sort of eight-bit sort of um, industrial uh, um, CPU's, 8085s, uh, Z80s, that type of stuff. Mm. Um, but it was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. And then, um, and when I was a kid, I had a Commodore 64, and I used to program BASIC on that so um okay. yeah 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 no, um, it was a lot of fun um and so but this is more system it wasn't really computer this is more system administration this is plugging stuff together making it working you know we use a lot of shell scripts pearl bits and pieces to hang the system together nice. I, I did write my own first accounting system they're all in bash script just disgusting you should write nothing in bash script if you know what i mean but i managed to make it work um and um yeah, launched that business and, and, and ultimately sold that business in we in, started that in 90, late ninety four and sold that in two thousand to Ozima and moved back to Brisbane from
0: Adelaide, essentially. Interesting. So funny that you mentioned uh, the Commodore 64. So I don't know I don't know why, but I, I remember being a kid at we, we didn't have too much things at home and other kids had video games and et cetera, but somehow I convinced my parents to buy me what at the, at the time was a TK85, which mm-hmm. was a Commodore 64, mm. like a, a you know, processor. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when I learned to, uh, to code basic. Mm. One interesting thing about you say that I think is very uh, modern, but not too many people realize that, the career path is through Defense Force. I uh, have a, a kid, I have a son in year 12, and, and he was looking at sort of the career paths that Defense Force allow kids to go through particularly in the beginning of the career, where you're not too sure about what you want to do, you cannot it's a let you know, test this, test that. It's still a real possibility as a career path, and and I don't know if that's only me, but sometimes you underthink how much that brings to experience the kids and et cetera, so interesting. I think somewhere in that story, so you start your first company out of your wrong wing Yeah,
1: consultant? yeah at, at, at a, uh, well no the first one was um, in Adelaide so we were actually in a rented army married quarter and so I installed 14 in phone lines into a rented army married quarter and we'll how do you permission to do that and I said well I didn't ask because I knew the answer so it was a sort of a pointless <laughs> conversation so just went and did it um, and then that you know we moved out of that house uh, and into a sort of more regular premises ultimately um, and that went well you know we had 35,000 customers 65 staff Oh, um, for Western Australia, we're here in Perth, so for Western Australia, it was sort of a, a business on the same level as uh, INF. I met Mike Malone quite early there. We formed early internet associations to, to, to head off some of the more silly pieces of regular regula, uh, laws and regulations that governments wanted to bring in. It was all around access to, uh, about children accessing the internet back then and access to, to the objectionable materials. It was a conservative government, it was pretty bloody conservative. I'm a conservative, but I was pretty bloody conservative when it came to that sort of stuff. And so there was a lot of attempts to sort of shut down access to certain things on the internet, not just here but also in the US with, with the various um, bits and pieces. So you know, I got into lobbying and into politics um, because of issues like that, essentially. Yeah, we sold that business moved back to Adelaide, and then caught up with an old school mate, and we started another business called Pipe Networks um, in 2001, and then ended up listing that in the ASX in 2005. Mm. And uh, I left there as a full-time executive in 2008. Went to work with Google in California for a year. And then it uh, came back when um, TPG Telecom bought us out in, and that settled in, in early 2010. The offer was in like October '09, and I think it settled in March '10. Um, yeah, and then, then became an investor. Really didn't want to start a business again. Although I now run a couple of businesses, you know, in investing. If you have staff, you run a business. You can't pretend you don't. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I've been, you know, since um, 2011, that was that had a bit of a break for a while. I've invested in about eighty-two companies. I'm saying about one hundred and sixteen rounds.
0: Is that roughly today?
1: Or well, I've done do this. I, I'm, I'm raising a fund at, a defense base at the Defence Space moment, so I had to go back and look at my history. So, um, and I've actually I'd lived that because it, was, it mm. was when we did the, when we did the um, the deck in in May. It was seventy-eight companies, and I'm pretty sure I've done four investments since. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I think it's eighty-two. I just haven't haven't added it up.
0: I have a you know, a, you 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 mono as your as as an investor and et cetera a few questions I wanna ask you on, on, on that journey. But just before I go there, because you mentioned one you know, you, your first company, then you have an exit, sold the company, then you launch another one and then you listed ASX. So was there any particular moment in that journey that you realized that you know, that Steve Country Boy could become like, you know, Tech guys, successful or? Oh,
1: um, look, you know, there, there's seminal moments on, on on a successful business journey. Um, yeah. I do recall paying off a house. That was a pretty big moment. Um, that's pretty special, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, not, not, uh, I mean, back then that we bought, we paid 130 grand for the house. If yeah. you know yeah. what I mean, it was back in the days when houses yeah. were sensibly priced. But you know, it was a three bedroom, one bathroom house, not like the mansions we all expect nowadays. At the same mm. time, so I mean, that was that was big. <coughs> um, it, it, it's incremental how that sort of stuff happens. To be honest, I mean, there's those little moments along the way when, when you sell your first business. That's pretty cool. And you get that check in. Yeah. You know, I we sold. I sold my first. We sold our first business back before there was sensible capital gains. We, we got we got bill before break. There was no capital gains discount. So we got like forty-seven cents a dollar tax on that win. Oh. That's just gutting. To be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh. So you know, no, but you know, these things happen, it happens quite incrementally. I think, to be honest. So interesting. So,
0: then you then you start. You know, you went to Google. Oh, Google. Mm. So, what took you to California?
1: Yeah. So, um, um in two thousand eight, I made the decision to leave Pipe Networks. So there was only one um, job left, and my business partner he was a CEO, and he was a good CEO. And, you know, and he wasn't going to leave that in, in, in any hurry. So, uh, it's time for me to go. So I. Um, I resigned first, to be honest. Just wanted to leave the business, and then um, I was sitting on top of a job offer from years ago. And, you know, whenever you meet Google, there's always a, a recruiter in the room, they always you always get an email afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I wonder if that person still works there. So I reply, <laughs> and um, so yeah, because I wanted wanted me to come work there, and they said, oh, well, you have to have like at least a master's of IT or you know masters and a minimum bachelor. And I thought, well, I didn't finish high school. Mm-hmm. I did some part time university subjects, but didn't didn't you know didn't finish anything of, of, of note there either so i said okay so i figured it'd go nowhere so i replied that's cool but I, I don't have any of that by the way and i said Oh, no, you should still come for an interview i said what come for an interview so I literally like went to the u.s for a week for, for a day for an interview type thing so um and ended up getting offered a job so um um and so in september i three weeks after Lehman brothers fell over we went to the u.s went to california and, and lived in mountain we loved it thanks so it's beautiful A gorgeous little house we found it wasn't what it is now that's for sure it was only like you know fifteen thousand people on campus now now it's like sixty thousand or something but it wasn't as super woke as it is now so that was a lot more pleasant too so um and you know we have any kids so just myself and my wife and um you know when we spent a year there i worked for google for a year and a, one year and one day as it turns out in the end
0: here we go so yeah the, the tax office took issue with that but you know that's life yeah. So, yeah. Give you enough to have a flavour of mountain view and the Bay Area, sort of. Yeah, yeah look, you
1: know, we, we, you know, I lived uh, 30 minutes walk from Google Campus, type thing, so I could walk and they thought we were wigs, but I thought we were wigs, I we only had one car. <laughs> what, what do you mean you only got one car? Well, I can, I can walk to work. Well, why? But why you had one car? It just didn't compute in their poor heads, it was funny as. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we made a, we were determined to, to have fun and enjoy it. And, so we'd go away. Because we got, I only got. For as much as people carry on about the US um, work, um, how you work the holidays and vacations and whatever, um, Google was quite generous. I think I only got twelve days. I want to say leave a year. I suppose to Australia get twenty of this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they Google give you extra, um, ba- extra public holidays. Essentially, they call them vacation days. Yeah, um, yep. And um, so in the end, I was only down. If you looked at all the, the Australian leave plus the Australian public holidays, I was only down two days. Maybe three days a year. The only three days a year, less leave. So, yeah. and so we just made the most of it too. So we, Very good. I, I got a pilot's license while I was there, and so I just go and rent a plane from a local flying club. We just buzz off for a weekend and go, like you know, just go. Is there where
0: your passion for aviation? Oh, look, I had it before up, then, but yeah. that's,
1: that's where I that's where I executed on the passion, you might say. So yeah, I fulfilled yeah. it and got the license. Um, Palo Alto Flying Club or West Valley Flying Club at Palo Alto Airport. Um, still a member there, um, and um, you know we just. Go playing. We go up to go up to Lake National Park for the weekend, or you know, oh. any, anywhere within about sort of four hours flying of California. Yeah, um, just nice. one eight two, and seeing that little little four seat single engine aircraft, and just being able to see the U.S. from five thousand feet above the ground is just so freaking special. It was really, uh, really really good. I want to go back and do some more flying, but you know, got a young family now and stuff, and yeah, and five seat aircraft are hard. Four seat aircraft are easy. So One of the kids left to stay at home. No, no. Um,
0: yeah, so no, I love it. So, one year there, back to Australia then, is that where, because you have that history as well, that story as well, building a little bit of a, the innovation ecosystem in Queensland, right? So, I have the Innovation Hub and et cetera. That, that comes after?
1: Yeah, so I did after? that in, in some 2010, 2011. I started looking around and thought, oh, well, I just, we, we had an amazing windfall. The, 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 the pipe network windfall was quite huge. You know? Yeah. A bit north of 50 million bucks. So you think like, that. what happens now? Mm. um So I didn't do anything rash, if you know what I mean. So as I said I tell the story. I didn't do anything rash. I just want to sit back and just because we we'd had a, a we're taking a fair bit of money at the table along that journey as well. So mm. we hadn't we probably exited about five million dollars of pipe over the previous sort of seven eight years. So um so you know we were we were somewhat comfortable. And so I said oh, yeah, I didn't do anything too rash. So I bought a house on went Sundays in a plane. Didn't <laughs> too rash. So I bought a house and a plane. a bought a lot of house, but um. And then I thought, ultimately, I thought I didn't want to run a business again, um, and so I wanted to be an investor. And so I started slow, and you know, the early investments were small and bad, and they got bigger and worse. And if eventually, you learn how to do better investments. You, you know, any investor's been on this journey would know that, if you know what I mean. So, um, I shouldn't say that my second investment actually paid off for us about, about nine times over at the start of COVID, about eight-year journey. So, you know, we actually, you know, we did. There was there was a good, there was a good one in there, but for the most part they were experiments, um, and you know I think the, the the sort of fifth, fourth or fifth investment I got tired of doing. DD sounds like fun until you do a lot, mm. and then it's not very much fun to be honest. And then yeah. and so you know so I started employing people to help out, um, and so I built a team, built a family office, and ended up you know, doing more and more investments. And, and um, then I realised in Brisbane that the, the startup ecosystem didn't have certain features that the ones in Melbourne and Sydney for example did, And overseas you know co-working space and like a, a real collaborative cooperative spirit I suppose you know these things tend to coalesce around a location as well and so I that, that's when River City Labs came along so I, I looked and looked at um, options there I thought well how hard can a co-working space be mm. and we're in a co-working space here actually yeah, yeah. This, this podcast um, and actually came to the opening of space cube here back in 2014 yeah absolutely so So I'm curious
0: about that because if you you talk about you know there was uh, some sort of more vibrancy in Sydney Melbourne not so much in uh, uh, in Brisbane and Queensland the same here so it's uh, space cube last year I think completed 10 years Hmm. so that before that it wasn't much okay there's a place in the bank vault there's a bank vault at the back
1: isn't it yeah absolutely yeah yeah. so so there were a place before this. I can't be opening this one. There was one other, one other place before. Brody McCullough, who does it, is fantastic. He does a, a, a smashing job for, for WA. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'd started City Labs and, and were probably going out for about a year before, before Space Kid. But, you know, I just just, mm. I just know that you've got to do, you've got to find friends, and you've got to find people on the journey to share with and learn and all the rest. That's why when we did, you know, uh, the, the ISP in Adelaide, and I met Michael Malone, and Michael came over to help set up the South Australian Ten Association, and it was just mm. a case of. You could learn so much from people who but, you know you sort of competed with it. there was some part of the Venn diagram you intersected with but for the most part you weren't really competing know mm. if it was the market was that big there was still lots to gain if you know what I mean and we had a bigger bigger competitor we had a bigger problem in that space and that was Telstra the you know, bigger supplier and biggest biggest competitor so there um, so there was a lots more to be gained by cooperating than, than, than competing um and i sort of took that methodology i think into into privacy labs and just tried to get them to come down and talk and we ran events and events and brisbane m- m- maybe a bit more like my perception of perth i don't know if this perception is correct but everyone in brisbane sort of had a large house with three bedrooms four bedrooms a spare room which was the office mm. so no one really needed a cheap office space there was just no it wasn't a large drive which you might see in sydney where all the homes are quite smaller and and, and, and that's a bit more of a premium,
0: oh, that's and the traffic's
1: crappier. You mm. know what I mean? So, mm. um, so that was harder on a pure real estate play to make it work. So we we focused on on getting people together. We um, just tried to. We did events. We did so many events. We did like seven hundred events or something. And I don't know, but Peter Ellis, my GM, she worked it out for me. it was it was, it was like it was like we averaged like two events a week. Uh, essentially so, so there might have been like a lunch and learn or a start-up weekend yeah. you know so there was, there was different different um, uh, types of events for sure
0: is that uh, uh when because you had your family office in, a, in your in your uh, investor journey but at certain point you, you started 10 to 10 So you, well, why did you do that or what's the motivation and you know and how that how that journey looks like
1: um, so we were trying to understand exactly how to, to go forward with, I suppose, the learnings of. So the family office was called transition level investments. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to understand how to go forward with the learnings of that, and I, I built a team, you know, around it to help me do investments, and and they wanted they wanted to run it like a business, so which is understandable. Um, and so, you know, how do you do that? How, how do you run it like a business? How do you incentivize what do you do? Um, and there's various models out there for investing in startups. And then there's a fund model where you go and raise a fund um, and, and then operate it that way. Mm. Um, uh, and we could kind have of continued just being a family office and, and putting more family capital to work. Um, but there was lots of opportunities out there, and, and you know we treat the startup part of, uh, of our family balance sheet as a part of the portfolio, and we didn't want to over over allocate into any one sort mm. of asset class or, or you know, how we determine that, I suppose. and asset classes you know there's real estate and, and private equity and the rest of it there's also early stage mid stage late stage etc so um and and then we, we were starting to see startup valuations move from you know we were investing on valuations of like seven to eight times four revenue multiples mm-hmm. you know which is probably backward is now to yep. some degree yep. and it was moving to like you know 10 12 13 okay so let's let's get comfortable with that and and so we made that genuine that that, that point in time decision and then you know during COVID in 2021 those Multiple things like yep. f- 30 to 50 times, right? Mm. So, um, and now they're back to they're getting they're approaching single digits, low doubles, which is where honestly, you know, bad luck for founders, but you know, investors got to make money too. So, yeah. um, mm. probably where they should be, to be honest. But you know, talking about eight, nine, ten times forward revenue multiple in the business that hasn't proved itself profitable yet. I mean, hey, get over yourself, it's pretty good money. So, um yeah, so, and then, and then we thought, okay, how do we do that? How do we get that money? So how, how do we get that capital? So we, we looked at okay, syndicate model. Why with the fund, you make the decisions on behalf of the fund investors. With the syndicate model, they get to make that decision. You present the deal, they get to decide to invest. And that, that, to me, felt like a, a lot better mm. uh, way to go. And that was how we built that business. we started with 30 investors. in uh, our first, uh, we started September, 0, September 19, we started, opened the doors, and just none of the deals are ready to go yet. And the 10 working days before Christmas, we did four deals in 10 working days before and normally the the rule in australia is between melbourne cup day and australia day nothing happens don't do anything it's dead and we did four deals in 10 working days yeah all subscribed yeah i mean one one closed after that but you know literally we launched the deal on like the 23rd of december or something like that if you know what i mean and and so they all got done it was just like this is never gonna work it's the worst time you to launch deals and like all the deals just came at once and they did they worked her investors backed us and one of those deals was clipchamp and that obviously came off like in spades you know that, that returned in um, about 16 months it returned after fees 4.8 times in like 16 months or something so
0: so that's, that's cool so uh it's it's interesting that you said oh you know it's, it's against the odds you know launch at the wrong timing four in a row and but you still do it so it's a little bit of uh, that sort of uh, entrepreneurial spirit when mm. you go for what about Two side stories that I want to take. One is uh, you have a little bit of reputation through the TV and et cetera, being a little bit more you know, to the point. We well, yeah, were at we're a we're, we're pitch
1: night last night together, weren't we? We were on a judging panel last night absolutely. together. What, what, what did you think of my questioning?
0: To the point, honest. Pretty honest, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, be It could be less. It it could be more rounded at times and a little less acerbic, but the the, the more they piss me off, the the angry. Not that the 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 crosser I come across, you might say.
0: Perfect. That leads to my question, Mm -hmm. then. So, uh, is there two sides of it? Uh, What is that stuff that pisses you off? Like, take it out. Come on, wasting my time. What 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 are the signs of that? And the other way. So, where What is, you know, the key things you see in a deal in a founder that you say, "Oh, fuck, this is awesome." yeah, so things that, piss me, the
1: things, that, things that piss me off are um, um, executionless uh, um, pitches, where it's, I and mean, we saw a couple of these last night, I think, to be honest, mm, um, yeah. where it's, um, okay, I need, you know, this is X, Y, Z, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I need, and by the way, I don't actually have the skills, my team don't have the skills, when you invest in me, you're gonna, we're gonna contract all this out to somebody else. Mm. I think I said last night, I said, well, I wanna, I wanna invest in another person, because you obviously bring nothing to this table, yeah, so yeah. why should I invest in you? So executionless ideas, I really hate. And it's just they're wasting their own time. They're wasting everyone else's time. They haven't done a centilla of research to understand anything, right? Yeah. So that, that more pisses me off. It actually indicates they're not really that clever, because hmm. they haven't just re- at least researched the audience they're pitching to at the very least. Hmm. Um, what I really like is just people. Um, so I like confidence. Everyone likes confidence. No one backs an, no one backs an unconfident person. We saw last night Luke from uh, Outlook Industries. Yeah. Um, I don't know how he's going to do what he what he pitched he's going to do but gee it sound, if he pulls it off it's just amazing right it was and good okay yeah, basically yeah <laughs> i'm going to take this 1950s 60s technology. i'm going to repurpose it and we're just going to rule the world I'm like, okay um but did it with a lot of confidence so uh, he had the background so when i look at yeah. people i said okay do you have the skills to pull off what you're talking about and he definitely had that well you know we had the skills he had a lot a large part of his team never had the skills to pull off what he was talking about um, and then you know, do you do you understand the problem? And he had definitely understood the problem. He, he put that across quite well. Mm-hmm. And his solution was, you know, let's let's repurpose a 1960s artillery piece to try and you know take out drones. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and then every every point we put to counter, he had he was ready and armed for. He was came loaded for bear. And, and so competence. I mean, yeah. who doesn't like competence? You know, I just Excellent. to me, you know, it's about merit and competence, and it's about the person. When companies fail, 99% of the time, it's because of the. There's, there's an unfortunate saying, and feel free to blank this out if you need to. But most businesses die from suicide, not homicide. Here so, we go. Yeah, it's it's the people inside the businesses that kill them, not the not the external forces, not the competitive forces on the outside. The competitive forces on the outside chip away, but it's stupid decisions made by people inside that don't
0: react fast enough. Yeah. And so that's where interesting. It, in saying that, I have seen, that recently, so some portfolio companies that are being, you know going under and, and and it's pretty much uh, founders fighting mm-hmm. or and I was internal internal forces like you're talking yeah, about yep so uh, that's nice good so uh, on your on your war story so you you, uh, you mentioned one success you have a like a success say, yay! we back these people and they I can, t- I, I can tell the ones I haven't
1: backed. So here's a Western Australian story for you. You want to tell the ones that uh, you have or have not? That, that, that I didn't back. Mm. So I was here in two th- I wanna say was 2013. I was talking to Larry Lopez, uh, who's another South Australian, you know, lovely chap, Larry. Yeah. Um, yesterday, and he, he started something called the Oz Oz App Awards, and he asked me to be a judge because I had the Riverside Labs going, and I've been over here for the uh, Space Cube launch. i so, been you know, yeah. He said, you know, we've got these. there's like a hundred entries into this competition. Um, and, um, and I came over, and one of the businesses that was also pitching around the scene at the time was a business uh, with a husband and wife co-founder, and they had a graphic designer called Canva. So I was there when they pitched, right? Oh, sorry, I didn't see the pitch. I couldn't get close to them. They hadn't launched Canva yet. They had a scrapbook business before this, and you couldn't get close. It felt like a, a little bit... In, you had to be in the in group it felt a little bit like mean girls at high school type stuff was going on and i'm sure that wasn't the case because i've heard nothing but great you know uh, great things about them but to me it was just like you, you could not get close because the click was in and i'm like well I'd, i left high school for a reason i left this shit behind i'm not going to do it right maybe i should have persisted right and gone
0: over nice. so there's
1: one i missed um but the thing about the thing about investing in, in in venture is there's it's bad when you miss a winner right but there's a bigger crime you were never in the conversation in the first place to even know the winner was out there. So you actually never knew that business was out there looking for investment. Mm. Not mm. investing is one thing, and, and that's a crime that be can, f- can be forgiven. Yep. It's still a crime. Um, not knowing they're out for investment because you weren't networked well enough.
0: So you're not having access to those. Not having access, yep.
1: that's, that's the bigger crime. Because okay. you can always rationalize a decision. I rationalize a decision when, quite irrationally saying, yep. I, I wasn't in the right social set. That's how I felt, to be honest. Mm. Um, no, that's probably inappropriate characterization but um you know you, you need you need the deal flow and so okay. that, and that's a war story how's that so
0: yeah no, that's good so is that true that you have to invest in 20 to have one champion to it all? also I've
1: got to say uh, 80, 78 80 so my stats are um, my stats are, and I've done this to my my dick we don't put a great deal to work, and this is a little sound arrogant, I want to give you the numbers, but we, we don't comparatively put a great deal to work in this space. We put uh, 18, as of the main numbers, I'll go to the main numbers, it was $18.4 million dollars we've invested in LSH startups. We've had $38 million dollars returned out of that, which is quite nice. Okay. So of that 38 returned, the cost base of that was actually $4 million bucks. Yeah. So four of that 18 um, returned us 38. The, the remaining 14 million has a valuation of, um, mark-to-market valuation of 66. It's even after the, the tech wreck write down the last sort of eight months, to be honest, and which is brutal, it was worth a lot more than that before we wrote it down. Um,
0: what is the secret? It's a lot of due diligence sort of thing or what's the sorry? The, the secret to be to have that sort of performance. It's a good secret performance.
1: Yeah, it's twenty nine percent IRR, cash on cash. I mean that not not including expenses because we can't because we do our family office does a lot more than just that. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost impossible to break break it down through expenses. Well you could, but it'll be it'll be hard to reach a genuine number. Um so and and so it's seventy eight businesses to to get to that. So and of those of that thirty eight yeah. million dollars mm-hmm. those wins probably came from five businesses. Yeah. So um, the vast majority of those, and I'd probably say that out of the 78, I would say that maybe sort of 55 are less than five years old. And it's a, it's a two to 10 year investment game. So most of these have been in the last few years. Nice. So we don't mm-hmm. really expect an outcome for at least another sort of two to maybe seven years for most of those anyway. So, um, you know, there's lots of ways you can cut and dice that portfolio to be honest.
0: Fantastic Steve. Talk about deal flows. I think in one opportunity that we had to have you here in WA, so we talk about, you now what about WA ecosystem? So I, I'm, I'm intrigued with that because I live I live here, I love this place. Uh, when we look at the innovation ecosystem and all deal flow and you know, it's a capital allocation, etc. So it's a shame that for now so it's too small. So I heard before that today the deal flow is not enough for many players. Mm. Uh, Okay, so we assume that is true, and if we want to do something about it, so what What do you think it
1: could be? And I hear lots of people who have lots of solutions to fix this, and and I think that I've been reasonably um, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, stable in my my approach to this over the years and my answers to this. It's, well, people sort of say, we don't have enough Series A or we don't have enough Series B or we mm. don't have whatever it might be, or IPO, and it's mm. like, well, it, it, it all starts at early stage. So, you know, you, you don't fix a pipeline halfway through, you fix a pipeline at the start, yep. right? So yep. you need to put lots of early stage companies into this pipeline. So you need to be backing, you need lots of early stage investors to be backing um, lots of early stage ITs. So, no, I met Charlie Cunningham yesterday. Uh, Charlie Cunningham, sorry, yesterday. Um, yep. And he's working now for uh, Invest WA or whatever the state government investment startup yep. arm thing is. And yep. he does, he's, a, he's an awesome bloke. He does great things. But he, was, yep. he told me there's now three ESVCLPs working out of Perth. True. Which is, which is awesome, right? So that's, that's a great start. But you have, so you have lots of investor incentives such as these, you have ESIC, which is a great investment incentive, 20% tax on the way in and, and, you know, get your own tax advice, 20% on the way in and CGT free on the way out and there's a few other limits. So, um, you you need to um, maximise those investment platforms in order to get more things invested in, that's for sure. So... um, but yes, you need deal flow. You need to work on lots of deal flow. You, you shouldn't preference bad ideas halfway through a pipeline. It'll never finish well. You should. This stuff should naturally flow through the pipeline. Yep. Um, and it's just nothing but hard graft. Um, you're in a small market, as Brisbane was, and probably still is, to be honest. Um, you are blessed and cursed with an amazing w- m- resource extractor extraction industry, mm. right? So, um, So when things are good, people sort of, don't unfortunately take the long-term view of saying that these things go in cycles and we should invest now. So when the mining goes, as it does in a cycle, it go, over time it goes down, we'll have something else in there. Th- those conversations only tend to happen when the cycle goes down, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, too late, so, eh? yeah, yeah, so too late, exactly right. So, um, but y- you need to keep chipping away and keep sort of, you know, sort of saying okay, if we're going to have something for when you know, iron ore falls 20 bucks a tonne or whatever the hell it might be, right, then, then what happens, um, mm. so you need and need to start chip, chip away at that and just convince people it's right. Well, I come from Queensland. We've got massive extractive, extractive industries, you know, and unfortunately we have a government that hates them at the moment mm. um, because of people's perceptions of what that does to the environment. So, um, mm. but, you know, we also have some other, other irons in that fire too. You know, we have also have gas and we also have coal gas. Yeah. We yeah. have We have a whole bunch of stuff up there, to be honest, as well as agriculture. So...
0: I'll ask you a question with an agenda, right? So mm. uh, because of my background in, in our business, so we, we, we look at corporate and how can we serve corporate, how corporate can serve uh, you know, the ecosystem sort of thing. So with that comes some sort of uh, uh, assumptions that, you know, s- uh, corporate can do more on this, or not corporate can do more on this. There is an opportunity that we connect better with corporate and corporate venture capital come along and etc. cetera. Uh, have you had those conversations, you think, you know, what the role of cooperating in, in early stage, in venture capital? Corporate venture capital,
1: alongside universities, can be some of the biggest wet blankets for innovation uh, that exist in Australia. Um, and people say, not all. I said, yeah, I agree, not, not all universities. So, so maybe one out of 40 doesn't do that. And then not all corporate venture doesn't do that. Yeah, maybe n- maybe not one out of 20 does that. I. Mm. They are there to uh, uh, assist their own corporation through things. There, there's some corporate VC that does well. Like I would say that M- Microsoft's M12. They're they're literally they they're, they reward their people as a financial VC, and yep. uh, they don't make decisions on behalf of Microsoft Corp. They make decisions on behalf of Microsoft uh, M12 Ventures, essentially who's yep. the venture arm. Yep, mm-hmm. And you've met M12, obviously, on our trip to Sam- yep, on Jetstream. Yep, yep. Yeah, so um, a boring. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> I shouldn't say they're <laughs> going to get back. You know, they, they weren't the most. Um,
0: Okay. I, I, I'll,
1: I'll stop it there. Um, so um, so co- corporate is, it, it's, you know, it's enticing. Like you'll have large corporates who want to participate with a big heart. They just don't know how to do it. the, the larger the corporate, the larger the, the organisation, and all the more bureaucratic, yeah. the worse they are in innovation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and I've, we spent a lot of time in Queensland with Riverside Labs trying to get, and there were some great corporates there who helped, who truly really tried to help, PAQ tried to help, in the end that they, um, uh, oh, very few others now. I think SunCorp did a bit of stuff, um, but it just went nowhere. I, I don't. I don't know if it was net creative. I, I truly. D- th- there was a good program called METS Accelerator, which is mining something. Yep. Something. Uh,
0: uh, can you yeah. technology. Yeah. It was yeah.
1: Called, called METS Accelerator, oh, and yep. they actually did a pretty good job, to be honest. And they. They actually went to industry. They went out to the various miners and, and they actually brought real-world data and problems back and they got a whole bunch of mining, young graduate engineers and mechatronics people and didn't. Yeah. And so the hackathon scene is actually pretty a pretty good way to do... I, I think with it all this, uh, activation, there's always activation. Nothing really serious comes out of of a hackathon, right? It, it, they can, but for the most part, not usually ever. But it activates a whole bunch of people then go and do other stuff and it gets them thinking. So it's a background there's a whole series of things you should do you know co-working spaces are great events are great hackathons are great the 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 events like um uh tech tech west tech fest is is great and and they all assist to build what you need to do and you can take a couple away that works better if you do them all and you just need a long term like you know literally five to ten year approach this stuff to build that capability to build it build it build it and then you'll get like a a Canva who you know who unfortunately mm-hmm. well they they were Sydney based anyway I believe they just came yeah. not to get funded. Yeah. Um in Brisbane we had a business called uh we have a business called TANDA time and attendance. Mm. Um they've unfortunately not taken any investor capital um, um, four young QUT grads doing great but there's other um you know in Brisbane we also have out of towns where we have um, safety culture unfortunately they've mostly set up their office in, in Sydney. Um and, and there's some others. So we're getting some wins um, um, on, on, on there as well. I'm trying to think of the other business. got a, a lot of venture funded businesses there at the Brisbane starting to really sort of pick up their pace. Yeah. But it takes just takes time. It's like, you know, I'd say we're, we're, we're a fifth along the way where I'd like to be. And I started this journey back in 2011. So, you know, maybe in 2040, we might be where we need to be. But that'll Very be good. You know, it's a bit sad to think about that.
0: So love it. So uh, look, I, I'll I'll go for a last question mm. just for you to uh, for us to wrap. So and I respect our listeners, I guess. So uh, you now venturing in the defence force, so mm. Bitten Zone. Wait. So, nobody, if you do, do, do a picture of what Bitten Zone is, but but also why are you doing this, what what where it comes from that. that
1: so um, I, uh, I, I had uh, I, I, my first job was, a, was a, my first full-time job was as a soldier. Did that for nine years. I went to telecoms, got out, became an investor. Got some momentary fame from the Shark Tank TV show. Um, There's a chap from the army approached me who ran their drone program and said, "Hey, we we do this innovation program with a whole bunch of things. Can you come along and help us do some, you know, some PR around this event uh, called Army Innovation Day?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, I can do that." And it was a, it was an ad for in Canberra. Went along, walked in, and swore I'd walked into the Jane Bond's weapons lab, and I thought, what the devil? And I just could not believe I was allowed to look at all this such cool tech. Mm. And then I noticed there was people taking pictures and putting them on LinkedIn, and I thought, well, it's obviously not secret. Mm. (laughs) Mm. So, and then my next question was, where are the other investors? And I said, oh, we don't trust investors. I said, well, I'm here. And I said, well, we trust you. And I said, well, you just met me, so maybe you shouldn't do that um and and what was that and I said well we don't you know we don't want private money coming in um, and none of it made any sense it was just a very a public service attitude they didn't quite they all, they all had the right heart they just didn't quite know how it worked and how yep. how private capital can be used to, to take a lot more bets a lot faster yeah and to get to to get to an outcome better um and, and and it'll leave a lot of destruction behind it but it does get to an outcome yep. and so i thought i'll try and change that from the inside Saw all this amazing technology and capability that was being developed, and 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 that, the conversation really didn't go anywhere. And I thought, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this get away. I want to you know, I want to go and start investing in this space. Mm. And so that where Beaten Zone came from. On that journey, I saw that lots of um, lots of parts of the community didn't treat defence technology entrepreneurs as they should be. they were, especially in the financial services space, they were often denied bank accounts, insurance, credit cards because they build dangerous things and dangerous in inverted commas. Um, so, um, and I thought, well, I want to help normalize the defense industry. So the term beaten zone is the, a beaten zone is the area, of the battlefield, where all the bullets land. Mm. There's more lethal places you can stand, but not very many. So we're about normalizing what these businesses do. They produce lethal hardware for angry men to protect our nation. Um, we don't ever want to see them used, but we need them in case we need to use them. So I just wanted to normalize the conversation around that. Um, that's fantastic. Mm, so that's uh, that's Beaten Zone when we d- we back sovereign Australian businesses, uh, increasing capability in lethality and survivability. So lethality is the deal with the weapon, but it could be the training system, the aiming system, sighting system, the weapon, the ammunition, logistics systems. Yeah. And survivability is turn that coin over, mm-hmm. protects us from their weapons. So um, we're all about nice. enhancing our ability to defend the realm.
0: Very nice, Steve. Before before we go, so. Uh, I'd like to thank you because uh, in my journey as an angel investor, so I had the luck to cross uh, 1013. So through the work that you know your team is doing 1013, I ended up uh, getting to know the Bay Area for the first time. So That's 2022. Good trip? Good trip and opened up my mind so much. So so much so that I went back to the Bay Area and, and enrolled in Stanford sort of course and et cetera. So. Uh, to a good extent you you want to blind to be blind so for um, I have all these ideas crazy things uh, but I I love it I'm loving it and and thank you and your team for that so thank you for being visiting Perth to bring your passion to defense Force I was there in the event yesterday and uh, I love it so completely out of my uh, domain expertise, so still have lots of fun learning, and you know, and and, and taking a look in the you know entrepreneurs trying to get their way around. I met fantastic people yesterday, so it's quite interesting. So, uh, thanks for the time with us. So mm. I'm sure you in the audience will will love this. So uh, you know, it's a a, a a very unique persona. So uh, someone that's definitely. Uh, leaving a legacy behind, so and I appreciate it. Thank you very much for yeah. being Mate, with us. No,
1: thanks very much. For, well, just always a pleasure to meet genuinely lovely people. So, and, and everyone in the, in the, um, forget this right, Vicky Vichy Vichy, yeah, Visaggio v- and v- Vichy v- Ventures, Sorry, yeah, yeah. Vichy Ventures, v- Vichy Ventures organization. Obviously, we, we shared that plane ride um, last year. I want to say it was a lot of fun. So,
0: we did, we, did, yeah. yeah, no, we did that uh trip uh, February this year. Was it this so year? This yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, we won it. That's
1: right. The, 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 the auction was last year, wasn't it? We did it yeah, this year, yeah. that's right. Yeah, we did, we did it. Uh, I, I offered a, a charity auction, and a flight my aircraft to a restaurant just down at Coffs Harbour from Brisbane. And, oh, time and life the, the, Perth, the Perth so well. crew came over and we had, a, we had a great day. We visited some charities and had a, had, a, had a ripper of a day. It was good.
0: Yeah, I think it was one of the best days of, in a lifetime for many of the people in that, uh, in that trip. So, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Private
1: aviation is a lot of fun.
0: Thank you. Ripper. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Changing the Game. We hope you enjoy learning about the unique journey of today's guests and the valuable insights they share on education, diversity and innovation. Remember to keep following your passions and never be afraid to think differently and challenging the status quo. Don't forget to subscribe to our show and follow us on social media for more inspiring stories and valuable information on corporate innovation and innovation ecosystem. Special thanks to our partners, Vitiventius and Visager, for making this podcast possible. Thanks for listening.